0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. The Book of Malachi, our foundational scripture. A foundation is something that is needed if a truth or a building is going to stand. And so this is our foundational scripture. We build everything on this scripture. It's our foundation that's going to secure this teaching. I hope we've, we've, we've taught on this subject for a few weeks now. And I want you to get it. I want you to be successful. I want things to work for you. Uh, nothing. The whole My whole agenda for this teaching is that you get it, that your life change, that you understand this principle and walk accordingly. Amen? In Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 6, it reads, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Drop down to verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me, or test me, or wait and see, now herewith, saith the Lord, test me right now, if I will not open you the windows, I like that windows, is plural, of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And, not only that, But I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 12. And all nations or all people shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land. Said the Lord of hosts, a delightsome land. Delightsome to him, delightsome to everyone that you come in contact with. We're continuing on the subject, what is the real truth about Todd? Everybody has a little play on it, but what is the real truth? Well, the word of God doesn't have a play on it. The word of God, it is what it is. Say it is what it is. And so we are we, we, we hone in on that and say, God, we understand that it is what it is, and we want to operate according to those principles. And uh what has prompted this teaching is because most believers do not get the full benefit of their tithe. They love the Lord, they do tithe, but they don't get the full benefit because there's different things that are required when you put your tithe in order. Whenever you give the first fruit, there are Conditions. There are things that you need to do in order for it to work for you. Amen. And most Christians, the tithe does not work for you, even though they do it. And then they, when they get a little something or money or whatever, every now and then they say, oh my God, God has blessed me. And, then, you know, most of the time, most believers think a blessing is only money. And money is a byproduct of the blessing. I'm like, you know, they never consider that their health. They never consider their family. They never. They just consider if someone gave me something or if I had money or, or if I was able to buy something, if, if I was able to get something, then I'm blessed. And what gets me uh, always about the whole idea of being blessed is it's always God when it's good and it's always the devil when it's bad. You know, or if it doesn't agree with us. You know, it don't even necessarily have to be bad, but it's just, it's just, just like God will never say no. But even when it's, it's not good for you and you get something, it's God. Everything is God when it's good. And everything is the devil when it's bad. And that's just not so. That's wrong teaching. That's wrong understanding. Because, I mean, if you go, if you read your Bible, let me tell you, persecution, troubles, things like that are going to happen in life. That's all a part of life. Man born of woman, you're going to have many days of trouble. And it has nothing to do with the devil. just the fact that you live in this ungodly system. So you you already know it. I mean, we eat. We I, I don't care how healthy we eat. If we eat from the land where man has gotten a hold to it, he's put all kind of chemicals in it. Those type of things are going to affect us. It is what it is. But you can be established in the things of God. But let's take blessing much for, further than money. That's a small thing. That is putting God on a bear. That's limiting him if you only think that it's about money. Amen? We understood that this principle of tithe is up under the principle of sow and reap. We got that. We understand it. It's under the principle. It's not sowing and reap, but it's under the pr- principle. Then we gave a definition of it. We said a, t- uh, a tithe is a tenth. It is the first part of every, any incoming, legally incoming cash. It has to be cash. You cannot tithe time. You cannot tithe uh, uh, food. You cannot tithe talent. It is legally earned cash. Amen. And we also said that the tenth is that part that belongs to God and must be returned to God. And it must be taken out of our heart and out of our possession from the beginning. We need to establish that in our heart. This is out of my heart, out of my possession. I don't count it as mine because it's not. Amen. And then we also understood that... A tithing is not a sacrifice. Sacrifice is something that you do for disobedience. So we're not saying, oh, I'm going to sacrifice today and tithe. You don't sacrifice a tithe. You don't sacrifice what belongs to someone else. You can only sacrifice what belongs to you. And you cannot, so we don't, we take that out of our way of thinking. You're not sacrificing. You're not saying, oh, well, I'm really good. You're doing nothing but giving God what belongs to him. Amen. Now, all of it belongs to him, but he has set up a system by way that you have 90 and the 10th belong to him. But he said, but put the 90 up under my supervision so that you can superabound. Amen. And then we said that the, what what is the tithe for? Well, it's to further the kingdom. It's all about financing the kingdom to seek and save that which is lost. And you know what? It's an avenue for God to supply our spiritual and financial needs for the tither. The, did you hear me? The, his, he's going to provide for the spiritual and the financial. See, all we think about is money. But the spiritual need supersedes that. But he's gonna provide, that's the way you leave the door open so that he can. Amen. And then we also said that we, as we move forward understanding the tithe, that, that law follows upon the sow and reed, but then it produces something that's called stewardship. And when you have the stewardship, then we're going to go into the 90%. Because then, that's what you have stewardship over. Now again, everything belongs to God. God said, but I'm going to put the 90 in your hand, and I'm going to give you stewardship over it. Just like he did in, 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 the, um, uh, in the beginning book of Genesis, he gave them stewardship over all the works of his hand. He also gave us stewardship over the ninety. See, it still belonged to him. He said, but I'm going to give you stewardship over all the works of my hand. So, so if that's the case, then I need to find out everything that needs to be done as far as my stewardship. I need to be on point with my stewardship if God has given me stewardship. Amen. And then we, we began to look at what defiles the tithe and we found out that several things defiles the tithe. If you don't have a clean hands and you don't have a clean heart and your motivation is wrong and you put your tithe in the bucket or in the offering plate, it's dead because you have to have clean hands. You can't do any and everything with your hands and have the wrong type of, you can't have unforgiveness in tithe and think God is going to bless you. Everything has to be... It's the first fruits. It cannot be tampered with. It cannot be overshadowed by all kind of fools. If I'm just doing it just to get some money back, that's the wrong motivation. I'm doing it because it belongs to Him. And He has commanded it. And you know what? I believe this is the small thing that we need to get. And when we get this down, all the other things that we struggle with will fall into place. Because if we can do this small thing, surely we can do the other things. We can obey Him... In all things. Did you hear me? We can obey him in all things. And then we found out that if that, it's two parts to this. It's two parts. Let me tell you, when you sow, you must reap. Listen, you, when you sow, you must reap. If you sow and you have not got a harvest, then the two parts have not worked. It has to be when you sow, you're going to reap. You're going to get a harvest. And from that harvest, that's where you're going to become have become wise stewards over your harvest. So that you can be successful in every area. So when God calls upon you for anything in the body of Christ, you have superabound and you have it. Why? Because I have been a good steward over the ninety. Amen. And then we dealt with disobedience in the laws of God, and we discovered that one kind of law, all, that all laws are ordained of God. We just get that, whether it's spiritual, natural, civil, all of them are ordained of God. It's as if He enacted them, even though they may be enacted by man. Because uh, because even spiritual laws that are in the church that may be enacted by man, God ordained it. He ordains spiritual laws to be put in church so there be discipline and civil laws so there be discipline discipline in the land. So we must abide by those laws. We can't come against them. I don't care what's all going on in the world. That's a distraction from God's Word. We feel like we have a right to do this that, and another because they did this or whatever. Listen, sinners are not required to do the Word of God. You are. God is not requiring them to. God's requiring you to. And so I'm not, I'm not bank, banking my response off of them. I'm banking it off of God's Word. That's what keeps you safe. That's what keep, if you want to stay safe, bank everything off of God's Word. Amen? And then we start talking about, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, purifying the 90 with the 10. See, you're gonna purify when you tithe immediately. When you tithe with clean hands, the right heart, and the right motivation. As soon as you do that, the lining that you have left is instantly purified as far as God is concerned. God has now made it pure. But now, you can defile it once it's in your hand, but if you've done right by the tithe, it's pure. That's why it's so important to be still before you just go out and start dispersing because we want to do that and then that's going to lead to a lot of financial bondage. Amen? And that ninety percent, we must say, is what we have stewardship over. That's where your stewardship comes in. God said, Now I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you, let you have the ninety percent, but I want you to have stewardship over it. If you don't, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. It just means that superabounding, I promise you, you're gonna miss it. Because you must, God, uh, and and, and as I uh, go over the notes, you'll find out God has given you what you need to do once you have the 90%. Once you've done right by the tithe, once you did it with a pure heart, clean head, right motivation, now it's something you need to do to make sure that that... That that 90% stay purified so that you can super abound. It's God's way to financially bless you. Now right now I'm talking about financially blessing you. Because he said, now we're going to deal with the money. The 90%. Amen. And you have stewardship over it. it. Falls up under the principle of stewardship. Everybody say the 90 falls upon stewardship. It's stewardship, stewardship, stewardship. You have to be a good steward. Now, you can write out things and you can, you know, you can find out the way the world says that you can, you know you should handle your money. But you know what? Find out from God. Because you can do all the graphs and you can do all the this, that, and that. That means nothing if you don't line it up with the principles of God. Are you fine? Because the world has its way as well. Amen? But God wants you to do it his way all the time. Amen? Now, uh, with the 90%, we must handle it again. Clean hand, clean heart, right motivation. The tithe in the bucket... Put it in there properly. I got it. I, I got that. I'm not going to be begrudging. I'm not going to be feel like, oh, God, I can't, I, I, you know, I'm sacrificing. I'm not doing any of that when I give the time. I'm bringing God what's belonged to him, and I'm happily putting it in the bucket because, why? My motivation is right because God has commanded it, and I want to do what he has commanded. Amen? once you do that, Malachi t- uh, uh, 3, 10, and 11... Is yours. You can, let me tell you, you know, all the name it and claim it, you know what, it's just, that's a bunch of far stuff. But this, he said, prove me. Prove me. See, don't it work? He said, you want 10 and 11 to work for you, then you do what you're supposed to do. Most people are not consistent doing what they're supposed to do in that area. And so it never comes to fruition. And it said, and so the first thing they say is, it doesn't work. No, it works. So, I gave you four things that should happen when, uh, once you get your, 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 your paycheck or whatever, your increase or whatever you get. I said the first thing that you do is the first thing you tell God is, I put this into your service. With a name. Uh, This is what I do. Uh, The tithe has been taken out. You already know your taxes There, The first thing you do is say, Father, I put it into your service. The second thing you do is you say, Lord, I make this 90% that I have stewardship over, I make it subject to your principles. I make it subject to your principles. The third thing you do is you set the, set aside for a sacred purpose. you like, Father, this is a sacred purpose. When I say sacred purpose, that means it's for a so specific thing. It's set aside for specific thing. The fourth thing that we said that you do is you confess before the Lord. You confess, Lord, not one cent, not one cent, not even a penny of this will go into any manner of anything that will not bring you glory I'm making sure of that I'm not gonna do anything give anything put it in any dead thing I'm not doing any of that because if it's not gonna give you glory I'm not going to waste it that's called being a good steward are you with me and then we said that we went to Acts chapter 4 and and we we don't have to go there, but we substantiated in this scripture that we're dealing with the early church and how they had all things in common and that they were all on one accord. They was in one place, in one mind. How important it is that we're in a oneness. I'm telling you, remember God said, no one in this church will ever have a need if everybody, everybody did their best. Most people don't do their best. They did they, they they pinch off or they do this or they have an excuse or they it's anything but their best. We could we can overflow in every area if everybody see it says in if you go back and read that, they were all on one accord. They thought the same way about the things of God, about the spiritual things. They thought the same way. Nobody said this was theirs and what what did they get and I didn't get. Nobody said any of that. One accord. That oneness. I'm telling you, what did he say to those that was building a tower uh, tower to Babel? He said, let me go down because they in a oneness. And anytime you get like that, you can do anything. So if we're not doing all that we need to do somewhere, that's not a oneness. Because he said, you can do anything. I got to come down here and stop these people because they are working as one. See, it doesn't matter what you think or how you think things should go when it's God's house. In your home, do what you want. But in God's house, so you can't say, well, why are they doing that? Where did do it? You don't, you can't do that. God said, you need to just jump on board and be a oneness in it. None of them was, was questioning the disciples. Well, wait, wait, well, well why? Did, no, they understood what a oneness is. We must have that. Amen? And then we said that in Acts chapter 4, it means that their hearts was right. We went to Acts chapter 4, we're not going to go there. But in that scripture, it meant that their hearts were right. Their hearts was right. God, you know, and they were thinking correctly. Oh, it's so important to think correctly. And then grace. See, I, that's where, if you want grace to lay upon us, let us all get on one accord. That grace will just lay on us. And then when grace is there, it gives that omnipotent power of God to get everything done. Working on the behalf of every believer. Not some, not just the pastor, not just the minister. But the grace of God begins to work on every believer. Everybody, The sufficiency for every believer will be there. Amen. God fully expects us to keep the spirit of this law. He did. We cannot keep the actual law because no one is to come and sell their houses, cars, or whatever and bring the money and lead at my feet or any minister's feet. That's not. But the spirit of it is the oneness. Being on one accord. God expects that. God expects that. And we should be that way. Amen. And then God said, and I want you all, you all need to love the customs of the land. You might not like them, but uh, again, what we said last week, Jesus, he loved everything that, you know, he obeyed it, whether he liked it or not. Because why? It was going to make life easier for him when he obeyed. Just like when, he, when the Bible says, pray for those and all of those in authority. Whether you like them or not, you need to pray for them. That you may live a, a, a peaceable life, a quiet and peaceable life. I'm telling you, we have to grab a hold of this. Because we don't want to be bad witnesses. We could easily be bad witnesses and in the name of, of Jesus, you know, we could, you know, talk of this, that and the other and, but we, we don't want to be a bad witness. I keep telling people over and over, you don't have to say everything that's going on in your head. Everybody think they have to say what's going on in their head. My God, if I said everything that's going on in my head, y'all say, well, God, is she saying? Because you don't say everything that go on in your head. You put that before the Lord. But some people, they just gotta voice it. Be quiet. Stop voicing everything in your head. You don't sound smart. You sound foolish. And you become a bad witness then people expect different things to hear from you because you're going to talk foolish. No, it's in your head, leave it there. Thank God He gave your head that nobody could hear but Him. Because if God opened all of our heads and let us just be out for everybody here, you know, we wouldn't have anybody not in this building right now, but ever. Because everybody would be ashamed to just come before the Lord. Be like, oh my God! They know that about me. They know. God said, No, I know it about you, and I'm trying to work with you on that, because you know. So a lot of times, just don't say everything in your head. Just stop. Ask God. Sometimes we think if we say it, that's going to make us look a certain way. It does. It makes you look stupid. It makes you look stupid because no, I don't have to say everything that goes on in my head. Amen. And then we went to, uh, I mean, we were in Acts chapter 4, we said that um, all the things that we should have in common, we said, first of all, we should have a common vision, we should have a common goal, and we said that we should have a common objective period straight across the board all of us should have a common vision when it comes to the church we know what this church is about all of us get on one accord with that everybody in the church should all be full of the Holy Ghost why we all have that in common that that we we're not talking about see don't get hung up on tongues if you open your mouth you find out everybody have one so you don't have to get hung up on that but everything should be in common. We know what it says about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody should be. Common goals. We should push this ministry where God is taking it, where the leadership is telling you that it should go. Where the pastor says, This is what we're gonna do, then we should be pushing toward. It. That's our goal. Everybody get on board and let's push it toward that goal. Not saying, well, I don't know if that's right for right now. And I, you know, well, I, you know, I'm just going to sit back and watch because I don't know. No, that's not the way it works. We got to be on one accord. Our objective, same thing. We got to move that way and then we all have to uh, have this thing in common that we have that we all belong to god see we can't be upset because someone made a mistake and say they don't belong to god we all belong to god we and i don't know why all of a sudden we look at those that make mistakes like we never made them we all made them i mean some are more visible than others it's okay you got hidden ones That only you and God knows about. But they were nevertheless mistakes. So you don't have to just put someone down or look at them a certain way or don't have anything to do with them because they made a mistake. We all have that in common. You had better stop doing that before God reveals yours. You don't want that. You'd be like, no, because I'm busy making everybody think I've, I've been godly since I was born. That's not true. Amen? Now, you know, we have to belong to God, which means even though we have bought the tithe and the 90 still belongs to God, the Lord, we got to understand that it still belongs to God. We're putting it in His service. And it's, under the, it's up under it's up the spiritual guidelines that's going to get you there. It's governed and guided by the principles of God. That 90 must be governed and guided by the principles of God. Then, it also means that none of us should suffer lack. That should not be lack among us in the ministry. Now, of course, everybody have different incomes. Everybody's going to have different things. But it shouldn't be any lack. Just because your house is bigger than mine, it don't be, oh, well, we all should have the same size house. Let's not get foolish. But you should not be lacking. Amen? Why? Because we're all on one accord. Amen? It is not the will of God that members go lacking in a ministry. Did you hear me? It's not, that's, that's not God. Now, listen... The main thing that you must understand, the 90 is not free to do what you want to do with it. Now listen, you can do what you want to do with it, but we're talking about you superabounding. We're talking about the, 9, the 10% purifying the 90, 90 so it can go further from you. You know, even if you think you do okay, you could do much better. When you put it up under God, you cannot do... I'm a believer. I'm not going to do what I want to do concerning my ninety that God has left... Actually, God's ninety that He's left in my stewardship. Are you with me? So, if you pay the tithe according to the plan of God, clean hands clean heart, proper motivation, God said, I'll make sure that your plans will come into fruition. Many of you have plans that have never come into fruition. And you've even seen some plans that you had that somebody else got them and brought them into fruition. And you didn't do it because this, this is why they didn't. You're wondering why, oh, well, they just got to it first. No. Distribution is what got you. You wasn't dispersing the ninety right, So God said, no, I had this for you to do and that for you to do, and you just will not put it up under my principle and my plan. Are you following me? So we found out, and this is where we're going to begin, and uh, some of it we're going to talk about that uh, before. But the first thing that he said, this is what we need to do with your 90 the now that you gave given to God and now God is saying, The first thing that I want you to do with that 90 take your money lay it out get you a pencil get you a pen get you a paper and pay your bills. That's what I want you to do. Pay your bills. Pay your obligation. See a lot of you thought when I said put it in the service of the Lord did she saying bring all, the, all your money to the church? No. This is putting it in the service of the Lord. God wants you to pay your bills because that is a witness that he's in your life because you're paying him correctly. Amen. So go with me if you will to Romans chapter 13. I mean, I'm sorry, Romans 8. I'm sorry. We we are going to go to Romans 13, but first let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let me get there. Verse thirteen. It reads: For if we live after the flesh, where, wait, where am I? For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of our bodies, you shall live. Now, in this, in this verse, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I think I'm wrong. Wait a minute. Romans thirteen. I'm sorry. 13 and 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And I told you, he put love in there because when you, you don't owe anybody when you pay. If somebody has loaned you something, pay them. And for those of you that haven't got it back, if they didn't let it go, forgive them and go on because they're not going to pay but if you look back on your life and somebody has loaned you something and you think to yourself, have I paid it all and I haven't? Pay them. And if you don't, just know that you bring yourself up fund. I mean, you, th- that's where the love goes. You owe no man to love you. If, you. if people don't pay you, love goes. Amen? And then I said three things that we're going to look at. We're going to start here. And we're going to look at, let, write them down, fixed contractual obligations, acquired contractual obligations, and over-obligations. First of all, when we can enter into a fixed or an acquired obligation by a written contract, we talked about that, written contract, many of us have done that before. You do that with houses and cars, that's a written contract. Then there's also a verbal contractual agreement where two people come together and they voice something they're going to do. And maybe they shake hands and everything. All of that is documented in heaven. You should understand that. We also can enter into a contractual agreement by a vow saying this is what I'm going to do and then do it. You have to do it. And then there's a fixed contractual agreement. It is the kind of agreement that we enter to with because it is essential to life and it's unavoidable. I said it's essential. Those contractual agreements we have to do because they're essential. Essential means that we're in life, I have to have that everybody has to have a roof over their head everybody has to we all have that in common we need a roof over our head then we come into a contractual agreement now the acquired contractual agreement is the agreement that we enter with not listen it's not essential to life but we have to deem it as important as if it was and strongly as if it was we cannot count it lightly Because every listen, everything that we do as believers are being recorded in heaven. Are you following me? No matter how strongly you desire something, you need to make sure that you're doing it. Every contract is right. Everything that you said is right. And now listen, let me tell you something. Let me caution you about something that's fixed. Fixed and unavoidable does not mean uncontrollable. And that's where people miss it. They think when things get out of control that no, no, when you want to fix income or fix anything, let me tell you, even though it might be unavoidable, you can't control it. That means you don't go in and try to get something over your your budget. It's going to be uncontrollable. You don't go buy a $500,000 house if you don't make that kind of money to pay for a five thousand. dollars Because now you have entered into a contract and now you're, it's going to be uncontrollable. That's the misery. If you're in a house and you can't furnish it all of it, you're in over your head. Now, when, when, let, me, let me say this because people think when, when you say if you can't furnish all of it, then then you're you're in over your head. So they think, well I can furnish mine, I'll just charge it. You're in over your head. Because you just added bill and you already just signed a contract to something that you can't afford. Now you just add it because a charge card is not free money. Financing is not free money. It all looks good when you're doing it and you're hearing it and you're saying it and, oh, and and I'm telling you, ooh, you know we can do it. We're always gonna go to the limit. They'll tell you don't go. And you're gonna take it. You're gonna go over. Can I get a little more because this one calls so. Yes, going over what, that's what makes it uncontrollable. I am not talking about people that get into financial straits not by, not by foolish things. Now, some people. Sometimes things happen, and you can get in financial straits about different different things, or financial bondage that have caught you. You know, something happened with the economy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people just making foolish decisions. That's all over. Just 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 doing something. Just doing, and and it'll catch you. It's gonna be uncontrollable. Amen. Now watch this. The dangers of of obligating yourself. Five things. What over-obligation will destroy? I want to deal with that. What over-obligation? First of all, it will destroy your character. For example, your credit rating will depict your character. And just because you got a house, let me tell you how many people people can attend in this ministry in any ministry in life? getting a house don't mean you have great credit. you can have bad credit and get a house, just have the right money and in this day and time, they're practically giving them to you now. they want to keep the economy stimulated, and so they'll do that, but if you are in a place where that that you can't pay I'm telling you you've got yourself in over. If you bought a car that's over your, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to drive that. I want to drive this. I don't want to drive that. What's wrong with driving a smaller car for now? What's wrong? You know what? This is, I'm telling you, I I would just, you you don't find people like that. You don't find people in this day and age. Everybody needs a car. You just feel like you're left out. But some people, some people that are intelligent, they will build their savings and get on the bus. And we'd be like, why? Why? Because they're smart. I call that a smart person. They're just stacking cash in there. And you thinking, oh, they don't have a car. You riding around and you can hardly pay your car. No. But they are stacking cash in their savings. Bam, bam, bam. You, all you see is they don't have a car. They get on the bus. Oh, I feel so bad for them. That bank account is bigger than yours. But they're smart. They're smart. But we can't see ourselves without it. Well, we can't even see ourselves without a phone. You can't even let it, you know, car might be a little too much. Let's go to the phone. You can't even afford that. I want the iPhone 12. Or what's out there? 13? Whatever's out. But I want the, you know, I want, you know, I want to slide that. You can't even afford that but see, you don't see or uh, I've never seen so I, I can't believe I'll be I mean, like how do these teenagers have they got more money everywhere you go teenagers how do they get those phones I know what I pay for mine because I'm like well do they work oh don't give me that little old miss I just bought that form to keep up with them well how would you keep up with them before you had that no you know what Let them get their own when they work and buy it. Don't get it for them. Oh, she's going to really be happy. She's getting a phone for Christmas. How old is she again? You can barely pay for yours. I'm going to see if I can put them on their plan. They still doing plans? All of those little things that's just robbing you. Not only that does this destroy your character, because I'm telling you, people want that. that it's depicted by your character. It destroys your reputation. When you overobligate yourself? It, it destroys your repli- repu- uh, reputation. It'll make you a bad witness before the world. It'll make you where at the bank, they know your check. They can't even sit in the bank where it's bouncing all over the bank floor. Everybody's trying to catch it. There it is. That's that thing. Yeah, and and on the church check, on the check, and, and God is this and God is that. No, over obligated. Amen. Three. It'll destroy your relationships. You get over obligated, you're gonna destroy your friendship, your relationship, your business relationship, your associates, everything. it destroys your marriage. Four, it breaks up marriages. Oh, let me tell you, your parents is not gonna keep your marriage. I'm sorry. Some of you are just so thankful to have parents, oh, but well, you know, that, that'll help us keep our marriage. They can't keep your marriage. They won't, that won't keep nobody honest, because who your parents are. You better, you better ask somebody, cause it's, cause you don't last new long. But over-obligating yourself will destroy your marriage. You can pretend in front of everybody else, but behind closed doors, it's being destroyed. Hmm. It will break up marriage. And I don't know which, it, you know, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've counseled people with marital issues and everything. But I'm telling you, the two major breakups in marriage is marriage and sex. I mean money and sex. That will kill a marriage. And when I say money and sex, I'm not talking about somebody cheating on, some, on somebody. Because let me tell you, when you don't have enough money in the house, sex is not even good in the bed. Oh, no. It ain't good as you expect it. Because why? You over-obligated yourself. And now he's gonna, oh, but we, we're close and we, you know, we gonna run through this. Let me tell you, y'all just as close as the next paycheck. That's how close you are. And when that's spent up, you no longer close until the next paycheck. We are gonna live through that. But you know what? You're gonna go through hell before that. Y'all gonna almost kill each other before God's gonna fix that thing. It's teaching like this, and let me tell you, and you don't have the discipline to do this. This going to take time, and hopefully you don't kill each other by that time. Because when you over-obligate yourself, you set yourself up to just destroy everything in your life. Your parents won't keep it. Running to them won't keep it. Your parents better ask God, Wait, wait a minute. Am I putting this money in anything that's glorifying you? Sometimes uh, as parents, because I and I'm I, I'm only talking about me, because I can attest for myself. My husband was he 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 was stickler. He don't play. He didn't play about any of that. I would bend a little, and you know, and, and try to do it. My husband would be like, no, 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 no. And, and parents have a tendency to do that, and it does handicap your child. I like to say what pastors say, because you know, we, what we do, we start thinking about our children, our grandchildren, you, you, the young ones. And we want to do that. God said, well, if they don't care about them, what about them? Need to grow up? You need to care about them. You need to do something. Some of you, that's what you're banking on your parents and their money keeping your marriage. It won't, it won't work. They'll use your parents' money, their parents' money, and any other money they can. They still won't be faithful to you. Because, listen, let me just solidify this. Anything you do backwards, it takes work to straighten it out. And you're not going to just straighten it out just in a few years. Sometimes that thing lasts a lifetime and even sometimes longer after your life. And you will be like, oh God, you know, this is, uh, no, you, you do that. And see, most people think backwards is only somebody getting pregnant outside of marriage. No, backwards is if you married the wrong person. Backwards is if God warned you and you did. Backwards is you, you went against every authority, every, uh, the authority of your parents, the authority of your pastor, the authority of every, that's backwards! And you go into it and you think everything's going to be all right. No. And it can be, but it takes walking in the Word. And that takes time. But wait. Wait. Let's just say, let's just say we're talking about you did everything wrong in backwards marriage. And then you kick kids in it. Oh, God. You just You just doubled your time limit to get out. Because remember the earlier teaching, once you get kids in marriage, it ain't that easy to 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 be a stickler for the word. Too many things going on. Too many things you have to do. Too many things you know. I mean, I, I see my son as a single. The parent, He's all tied into his children. He's just doing just different, different things. He's, he's just, because he's a great father. He's always there for him. He's a, but he can't, you know, he's always them. Because why? He's doing it by himself. Well, not really by himself because he have us there. But I mean, basically he's the father. But it got him tied. Why does it have him tied? It's called wrong choices. See, it's enough doing it right work. But doing it wrong, oh, it's a lot. And I tell him all the time, you ain't seen nothing yet. You haven't even, you ain't, you ain't even got no teenagers yet. You ain't even got no teenagers yet. You got an eight-year-old that want to be already. And this is for you, Sister Martin Hey, well, thank God you keeping my son before the throne. He told me, i just pray Sister Martin have another 12 years. I said, well, I said, by the time Brother Martin, uh, retire, he's gonna say, now that's enough of that. We go, I said, so you just bring him oh my God, if I could just keep him, mom, if I could just keep him out of public school and just keep him with Sister Martin and say, oh, and, uh, like, that's another story Can't, you know if I can just keep mom that's the biggest thing if you just keep her from public school that'll just be one thing off of my chest I said well you better be really praying praying I said you better not be just praying for Sister Martin you better be praying for Minister Martin T- Ryan T- they running too I said you better be praying for all of each other. oh if I, oh God I said because that's a lot of years that's a lot of years he's like oh God Oh, it would just be a blessing just to keep him out of that. That would be what... i said, yeah, but let me tell you, there's still an enemy. There's still an enemy. But those are different things when you over-obligate yourself and do all kind of wrong things. You're just jumping into stuff. Just doing stuff. See, you can over-obligate yourself in so many ways. It's just so many ways. Oh... Sex will go out the window. That's the first thing. Listen, I want you you to know this. I want to tell you this. You cannot spiritualize marriage. And I need a whole week to teach on that. And I think I'll do some teaching on that. You cannot spiritualize marriage. Either the thing works or it don't. It either works or it don't. Same thing with financial obligation. You can, yeah, again, we tight, yeah, all of that, until the next patient, now I know all of that. Why? Because you can't spiritualize it. You better listen to me. Do not get married if you are in financial straits already. Okay, you said, but I don't have that many bills. Listen, if you have students' loan, don't get married. Pay it before you get married. Oops, that is. That might have dated me up a little. If you have financial strength, don't get married. Why? You're starting in a hole. And you're gonna stay in a hole. And if you add children to it, you're going in a deeper hole, and it's dark down in that hole. And you can't glorify God in relationship. Listen, you will never be able to glorify God with a relationship starting in debt. Why? Because it's not of God. Debt is not of God. You won't glorify God. And I don't care. I don't care who I'm talking to where you are wherever you are if you are in debt and scraping trying to make it you better stay out of the ceremony i'm talking to you you unmarried folks now i know i know i promise you promise you marriage is not sex don't worry about that I'm telling you you, 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 you go on and do it and you get married. I'm telling you, in less than a year, everything in your trash masher is going to come up. Yeah. Y'all know that trash masher we talked about. I need to go back and revisit that. Yeah. It's going to come up. Things happen when you don't have money to make it. And you can't run and you can't try to spiritualize it. By, you know, by saying, you know, how close you are, all of that, you, you, you're you not going to spiritualize that. Well, we're reading the Bible together. That don't pay bills. That don't pay bills. And then here comes the stress. Now, your stress may not come out the first year. Maybe not even the next year. But it's coming. Listen to me. I'm telling you the truth. There's nothing wrong with waiting to get your finances in order before you get married. Nothing wrong with it. Think or work on it. No need in getting in there and going, you know, and going to bed and the sex is not like you thought it was going to be. Only because that we just don't have enough money. You'll find out, let me tell you. Those legs want to close as tight as that little pocketbook of yours. I don't want to have nothing. No, no. Well, this is what over-obligation gets you. See, all I'm doing is saying out loud what's going on quietly. Have you noticed when you get paid, the legs get a little more wiggly? But it's only that until the paycheck is gone, they go back tight. I'm telling you, that's the way. It, it's over obligations. It's there now. now uh, you, nobody talks about sex, marriage. This is sex. This is sex education. If your church ain't teaching it, you're at the wrong church. These things they should know. Love won't keep you. You need some dead presidents to pay those bills. And don't get a wife that likes to shop. You need extra. You know that extra, extra read all about. You need that. But if you're obligated, you cannot have it. Everybody gets married because of sex and money. First thing they get divorced for. Sex and money. You can't see it, but that's it. That's your sex education for today. Those of you that live at home with your parents, uh- it's all good until you get your own place, until you get your own marriage, and you find out, well, it seems like my mom and dad, they, why am I not doing, getting, cause you're not doing, you ain't doing all that that they did. Your wife is not your mother. Your husband is not your father. Number five, over-obligation tempts us to do evil. And the first evil that it tempts is to stop tithing. That's the first tip, but it's gonna to lead to other evils. And let me tell you, most of the time it's the women that want to stay with it. Oh, honey, no, we. And they, I look at here, woman. I'm, you know, these people are, are bothering us. We need to pay this and pay that. You over there giving money to that church? And I'm, well, honey, that's the only way we gonna. Marry. Ah, no, we ain't doing none of that. We ain't giving that man. They what they driving over there? We giving all our money like they say in the car note. Yeah, we giving all our money, and they' tossing about maybe two fifty, and they, they, they what? Well, well, what they driving? I, I can't do it. And they and the wives usually, sometimes it's the husband. They're trying to hold on, and they're like, uh uh-huh, uh 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 Why? Because it's gonna lead now. All of y'all, you're just at each other, over obligated. Now y'all just fussing and bickering, and Well, wait a minute. Well, what are we gonna do about this? Well, wait, well, wait a minute. Well, we gotta hold up on that. Well, now, now all you're doing is just bickering. It's called over obligation. I know. You don't want to listen to me. It tempts us to do evil. In every area. But it's going to start with the tithe. See I told you the enemy. He was Lucifer. He knows. Get him away from that. Distribution. Everybody say distribution. Number two. That was was over-obligation. Kingdom-designated funds. Ideally, everybody say ideally. After taxes and the tithe, kingdom-designated funds, this portion, should be at least, at least one-third of your income. One-third? It should be at least. If you were tithing and doing everything properly one third so you need to sit down and break down that 90% at least a third of your income should be designated for kingdom use I know it seems impossible and the only why the reason why it seems impossible you're not super abounding why I'm not superabounding? Because some way that you're putting the ties in wrong according to what we've been teaching. You either have the wrong hands, the wrong motivation, your heart's not right toward it. Something is wrong because God cannot lie. Kingdom designated funds should be one third of your income. Let me ask you all a question. Those of you all that are in here and those of you that are streaming. How many of you would love if two-thirds, everybody say two-thirds, of your salary was unobligated? Just just unobligated. Let me see a show of hands. Just two-thirds. Because most of us is not. Just say, I wish I, two-thirds, that was not obligated to anything. See, not you writing down, two-thirds that you have left that's not obligated to anything. That's what God's trying to get you. Where two-thirds of your income, not obligated. But see, practicing these principles is going to get you there. It's not something automatic. It's not something... You have to do your part. So you have to appreciate this teaching. And I know it sounds rough. It sounds like, I I, I just can't even see it. I know. You can never see it when God... See, because God's going to get the glory. You can't see it. Now, you take one third of that and you put, it to the, you put it into the kingdom. What do you mean, pastor? Bring it to church? See, when I say kingdom, everybody's saying, oh, so you're saying tithe and then give the church a one third of the money. That's not what I said. See, you have to be careful how you hear. I said one third to the kingdom. The kingdom is more than this church building. Before you get carried away, listen, we're going to talk about three things. We'll talk about kingdom designated funds. They should be at least one third of your income. What is that for? The purpose of kingdom's needs, kingdom keeping, and kingdom building. That is called designated funds for the kingdom. It's for kingdom's needs, kingdom building, and kingdom keeping. Kingdom needs is distributed. It's a distributing part of your income to those that are less fortunate. Now see, now people that don't have it, you have to give. That's kingdom designated. You don't bring it to the church. You might know someone that really have a need. It's called arms. It's called benevolence. That's kingdom. Deal. You find them. They're everywhere. They're in your family. They're people you know that's designated for kingdom. You know what? I want to be a blessing to them. Kingdom. Keeping is to preserve that which God has given us. Like this building. We're here, so we need to keep it. We need to keep it. And we need to keep it nice. Kingdom keeping. Designated. When you give into the needs of the kingdom, everything is not just the church building. Outside of the church building, what are you doing? I always, this is just me. I always find people, not only during this year, but in this year, during this time of year as well. I always find somebody I can give to. Besides just people that I naturally give to somebody somewhere needs that kingdom God said you should have enough set aside that you can give out of that to those that are in need that's kingdom designated funds it's not always about just you In keeping it. That's things that the church needs. That's things that this church needs. That's things that our children growing up in this church need. Different things that we have to do. You have to put the money there so that we can get it done. So that our children won't have to go out and do this, that, and the other. Their church have it. See, you need to look past just your children, your grandchildren. If you want your grandchildren here, you expect them to be here. Some of you, some of you, you, you leave an insurance policy to those that's going to blow through it. You ought to leave it to the church and then put stipulations on it. And say, this is for the church when my grandchildren do such and such and this, that, and the other. So that my grandchildren, you know, you can specify. I'm not talking about just giving it. You can specify what you want instead of giving it to them to just blow. Or you ought to put stipulations on it and say, now you can only have this. You need to walk with God. Do something without just giving it to them to blow. Because they're your child. See, that's natural thinking. Giving it to them and they buying drugs with it. they spending it on a man. You need to ask God. And say, you know what, I'm setting this up like this. This is my stipulation on that. Cause I ain't gonna work all these hard years and, and, and I mean worn down and finally retire and leave my money to a fool. And I'm a believer. I want to place standing so my grandchildren and my great grandchildren and my great great grandchildren will come and hear the word. But we, all we think is just give them the money. They gonna blow right through it. Just like they blow through theirs now. Are you with me? Listen to me, this, this, this temple should look like the temple, we should, we should dote on it like it did in the book of Exodus, chapter 25. When Moses spoke to the children of Israel, he told them what to bring. I'm telling you, they brought all kinds of stuff. Just to beautify the place. I've come to find out, God likes to live in a nice place. He likes to abide in a nice place. Now, we know He lives in us. He wants a nice place there. But when we all come together, God say, I want it clean, nice, and I want it, I want it to, I want when people come in, they can see me in it. Yeah. Kingdom design- designated funds. Are you following me? I'm telling you, we we need to understand that. Let me see. Uh, Y'all write down Exodus 25, and you go back and read what they did to the temple there. Then they're building the kingdom uh, that spiritually and physically. Go with me to Matthew. Run over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Let's dig, dig in this a little bit. Now, kingdom building is spiritually and physically. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and uh, rust doth corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth, Nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. The word treasure there is a safe place. You need to put it in a safe place. Now let's go back to the money. What do you do with your money? In this modern day, we take our money where? To the bank. Because we don't keep it in the mattress, because if the house starts on fire, it will burn up all the money. So we keep it in the bank. It's okay to keep it there. There's nothing wrong with that. But God said, but even in that, because things, the way society is, you can go in there and they can lock it up and say, well, we can't give anything out. This, that, and other happen.' other But God said, I want you building your treasure in heaven where nothing can happen to it. So when something come upon your life, you can look up in heaven and say, I've been depositing, I've been depositing, I've been depositing. Some of you that are going through How's your bank account in heaven? Ask God. Say, God, what is my balance? What is my balance? Very important. Treasure is a safe place. So we need to, 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 to understand that, Father, everything I do, I want to make sure that it glorifies you because it's going to be a deposit to my account. Not always just thinking about deposits here. And we know that you have to occupy to income. We know that you need money to live in this world. But I'm talking about something bigger than that. Because this world is temple, And you're not going to be here that long. But you will be in eternity forever. And you had better have something in the bank account. Are you with me? Listen, listen. When you help the needs of others... It's like depositing a slip into the bank. It's an account in heaven. It's being by the scribes in heaven. Every time you do it, it's written down. And when you need to make a withdrawal from your account in heaven, it's there. And then don't let God go over there and look at your account and say, You know what? You withdrew a long time ago and you never put them back. All you ever looked was for people to do for you. Everybody's feeding you, everybody's giving you, everybody's where is yours? What have you done? I don't even see that you prayed for that little that wasn't prayer. That didn't get into the account. You blessed you said God bless them after they blessed you, and you called that prayer. You have nothing in the account. See, We got to understand. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. But see, what we don't understand is this. There's a kingdom coming after this. He's going to set up his abode. And we're going to rule and reign with him. All of this plays a very important part to where you are in the regime. Some of you just want to be soldiers, and that's okay. Be a soldier. Some of you want to be a general. And all of it is right now. Look, there's no repentance after death. <laughs> that's good. There's no repentance after death. You got to do it now. You got to form it now. You got to do everything. There is no trying to uh, deposit in the bank account after death. Your bank account is now closed, and whatever's in it's in it. That's why it never seems to amaze me. Everybody that died rests in heaven, Rest in peace. I know they went to heaven. Uh, you saying it don't make it so. This is the time now. Listen, note this. See, kingdom keeping is your deposit in heaven. You have a new name that's written in glory. The name you have here is not the name that's written in glory. And that's where your deposits go. Everything that you do, whether it's kingdom building, whether it's And let me tell you, one thing is for sure. Everybody's going to go. Remember what our Father Pastor used to always say, for those of us who marry. he says, somebody's going to bury somebody. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't want this grief on my worst enemy. And I have some enemies. But everybody's going to go through that. One or the other. That's for sure. It's just like the candies, now or later. But it's coming. And once it's done, the thing is, what can God go, can you, when you go to heaven, go to the vault and see what was in your deposit, what was in your account? Because you have one in heaven with your name on it. Hmm. So you don't have to go run and try to get on welfare and all this kind of stuff because you're not doing what's proper now. Seek the kingdom. Uh, And and I I love that. Seek the kingdom. Everybody want to put the kingdom last. And next next week we're going to talk about, see, there's an add to life that you need to get. And you just can't get it just because you just, because I just got saved. That's work. That's why it's called labor. Labor. We're talking about kingdom designated funds. Ideally, how much of your income should be free for kingdom? Another third of your income. What? I know you can't see it. You said a third of it should go for kingdom, a third of it should go for this, a third of it should go. How? Ask God. But I'm going to prove it all to you out in the scripture. Where's all that money going to go? Where, where, if it's going to go to just getting, where's it all going? <laughs> Stewardship. Remember where, where it comes up from that ninety It goes up under stewardship if you do it God's way again everything God's way is opposite of the world that's why it looks so complicated to you that's why it seems like it's impossible because it's like no the world is saying do this that and the other God is saying do the opposite and it's so hard for us to do that Mm. and the last one is natural designated funds These are funds set aside for income growth and natural development. God said, look, you should have a third of that in your possession where you can grow and develop. If you wanted to go back to school, that should be money there for that. If you wanted to do whatever you wanted to do, that should be money there for that. One third of your income set aside to expand yourself. And what was that? that? Because when you expand yourself, everything else is going to expand. So guess what? That 10th is going to expand. It's going to be bigger. The 90s is going to be bigger. Why? Because I've developed myself naturally. I went and got a master's because I just had designated funds for it. It took me three years to get it, but I did it or whatever. Now, I'll make more money. My tent is larger. Everything's bigger. But see, you don't have the funds when you're over-obligated to do any of that. You're just stuck right there and that's it. And all you do is pray that you get a, uh, get a raise. And what, what kind of raise they give you? Because you know, people get excited to oh, I got a $40 raise. I wish I would $40 raise. And you have five children. God said, you want to put yourself on the world's plan, and I'm trying to give you a plan that'll make you exceed It'll make you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask to think if you would just put it into practice. Now I know, I know, it sounds impossible. Ain't no way nobody can do that. Yes, there is. I can do it. I have done it. And still, it's, you have to, it's a practice. It's a practice, and you got to start somewhere. Say, you know what? First of all, I'm going to start here. First of all, the first thing I'm going to do is start getting my tithe right with the right heart with clean hands, with the right motivation, because that's going to purify the 90, I've been doing it all wrong with that, yes, now if you could sit in here and say not one time have I ever begrudgingly, some people may can, but most times something has came up and you paid your tithes or you brought your tithes, but it was begrudgingly it was like, oh, I really need this, but oh uh, that was dead do those things. Start there. Just start there. Father, make sure every time I come, I'll check myself. Oh, has my hands been clean all this time. Have I done anything that, that does not glorify you, God? Is my heart right, God? I want to obey your word. I want to do what you asked me to do. I want, is my motivation? I'm doing it, Lord God, because you could pay no other reason. And because of what you said in Malachi. Father, I can, I'm assured of that. See, if you ever want, want to do something because of something, make sure it's because of the Word. Because so your Word said it, and your Word tell, tells me what you can do. Now, how you believe God for your salvation and you can't believe Him for that? And salvation is much bigger than this. But you believe nobody couldn't talk you out of it. I know I'm saved. I know with my Noah I'm saved. But this little thing here, Because you know what? It's money. It's money. And you know, we all act like, you know, money's just money. No, 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 no. God said no, 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 no. It's more to you than that. For some of you, that's your everything. I was telling someone, I said, you know, we were talking about past conversation, I said, you know what, I don't worry about that. I don't even think about it. What, what, I said, because whenever God allows for me, it's going to be more than enough. I don't care who do give and who don't give. It'll be more than enough. And because I operate in those principles, I'm going to have more than them. They don't. So it doesn't even matter. I'm not sweating it. I don't. It it is what it is. God's word cannot lie. Well, he took care of me and my husband all these years. Do you think he was going to fail me now? No way. I don't try to get around it. I don't try to maneuver you to do it. I don't care. Whatever you do, do I'm not going to not like you. I'm not going to think bad of you. That's what you want. That's fine. God is my keeper and my source. Always have been and always will be. He knows how to take care of me. And no People that may give over, whatever the amount is, I don't even know where the amount is, I don't care. I never look at it, none do the year, I never ask what's in it, I don't want to know, I never do any of that, because it's not my concern. Just at the end of the year, when it happens, it happens, that's that. But let me tell you, with all of that, it does. I I have to be free to trust God. Just say, Father, I trust you. And no, if people give over that, whatever the amount is, that doesn't cover you that don't give. This is a personal thing between you and God. Not you and me. This me and God. This you and God. That's who you have to do. It. But look at your life. And I'm not saying because if you don't do that, that's a, but not, let's take let's take that off the table. We ain't gonna talk about that no more. But look at your life just in in the other areas. If you can't be if you can't be consistent in just your regular life, how are you gonna be consistent with doing anything that God asks you to do? It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. We keep our eyes on the wrong thing all the time. But natural designated funds, I'm telling you, you got to understand natural de- de- uh, 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 development of yourself. A third of your income should be, so, see you have to sit down, it takes work. It has to, you have to sit down, put it all down on paper and say, let's go. Remember the talents? In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus gave two servants whatever He gave them, one, one had five talents, the other, had, and one said, "I just put it away. I just no. God said that. He took that and gave it to the rest, to the ones that had did more, because why? You have to do something. And this is what I love. God said they were unprofitable servants. God said that they're unprofitable servants. The ones that are profitable is the one he said well done. And what is the one that well done? The one who obeyed. It wasn't the amount. Oh, they gave the biggest. God really said, well, no, no, no. It's not the amount. It's the obedience that calls well done. Not the amount. Because if somebody, all they could give was uh, was $20. And you gave fifteen hundred again I'm not talking about no passive compensation I'm talking about in any area it's a heart issue is God going to say well done or, are you an unproperable servant or, are we banking all of our money around what we want to do and you know that one talent that he gave his servant that's about to about a thousand dollars How excited we can get about $1,000. <laughs> oh, God. God, I, you know what? God is a God that's faithful. You have to be faithful. I know this teaching sounds hard. This teaching sounds like there's no way I can have a third for this and a third for that and a third for that. But I just ask you, would you like two thirds to be non-obligated at all? This tithing purifies the 90 when the 90 and you put it and you do the steps that I said, you put it before God and you pay your bills, you do all of that. You watch over time. You will say, I see it. I see it. It gradually, because why? Because it takes time when you're not disciplined in it. It takes time. But if you never start, you won't ever know that you can do it. You won't ever know that you can do it. Are you with me? Last three things, write them down. Write them down. This is the key to these funds and handling properly. Three things, write it down. Letter A, they're going to lure your obligating funds. It's going to lure it. It's going to lure the obligated or the bills that you made that you allowed to get out of hand. But if you would take that one third and orchestrate it properly, it will bring that back in line. See, you have to, you have to do it consistently. Take that, first of all, when you do it the way that we've laid it out, that God has laid it out, I'm telling you, stay with the teaching because all of it's going to bear itself out as we continue to teach. But if you are going to, it's going to lower your obligations that you have allowed to get out of hand. Take that one third, orchestrated, and orchestrate it properly, and it'll bring that back in line. I'm gonna tell you it's gonna bring it back in line. It's gonna bring it all back. Let it be. It will assure funds for kingdom distribution when you handle it properly. you gonna the funds are gonna be there. I know you can't see it now. Don't try to see it now. Just try to see what's being taught. Don't try to figure it out, because as long as you look at it like that, you're going to say, I can't do it. I can't do it. That's what my grandson did. Instead of looking at it, he said, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You, you don't even try. you got to try. And then he said, oh, look, I did it. Yes. I said, and the more you do it, the better you're going to get. The more you do it, the better you're going to get. The more you do it, the better you're going to get. And guess what? Uh, let me just throw this in. My grandson, he was, uh, Sister Martin had him where he's tying his shoes and he got the, the different deals and he was doing it. He was sitting on the couch doing it and he said, Sister Martin said that for me to practice at home and I told her I'm going to practice. I said, oh yeah, and it, it's going to get better. But I'm I'm, 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 I'm trying to make you understand something and so he was doing his shoes and he made his bow and he did that and and I said I said oh let me show you something I said you can make a bigger bow right there she, he said oh no no Sister Martin said just make it that side. I said okay see follow the instructions don't try to give me nothing new God have uh, God already showed you don't let somebody come and try to do it because why he was learning a concept I'm was, I was doing it because I'm an adult and I said see you can make a bigger lo-. he said no, no, madam, Sister Martin said just wicked, just like that. I said, Well do it just like that. You're right. And then you do it. He said, see, and he said, I'm getting faster. I said, Yes, you are. And and he was doing it. But that reminded, see, I came in and I'm trying to give him something else. But he corrected me. This is the instruction I was given. Stay with that. Don't let nobody come and give you something else. Until you get good, you'll make your own big hoop. You'll make your own changes. But for now, that's where you are. I learned something from him just doing that. And I didn't even mean to add it into this teaching, but I just did. Just because that's, that's how God is, the same way. He was given instruction by authority. And I don't care if another authority come in, because he was doing it. I'm trying to go show him how to don't do it. Make a bigger boat. That's not what he needed. And he let me know. Sister Martin didn't tell me that. Sister Martin said, make it, out well, do what Sister Martin said, do. And I backed way off. Because why? He's learning. That's the same. It's the same principle. If you're learning, God gives you the instruction. Don't let nobody come and tell you nothing. Never say, you know what? I'm going to operate in this. I'm going to keep on until I operate in this. Are you with me? I want you to. I wish you could see my heart. Because I'm telling you, I'm trying to get you to just be successful in every area of your life. This is going to penetrate every area of your life, it's going to make the rough times so much easier. So much easier. Don't let anyone or anything come and change your mind. Say, this is what I'm sticking to and I'm not moving. And watch God do great things. Now, 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 this is what you have to do. When you get your finances, sit down with your family and just start breaking it up and say, let's start here. First of all, let's start with our tithe. How's your heart? Be honest. Yeah, I've I've been struggling. I was struggling. You know, I I must say I have been struggling. I didn't, I didn't really want to, but I did. And yeah, now I can see why this wasn't working. Admit those things. Repent before God and say, God, I want to start here. Just start there and be consistent there until you're happy about doing it. Till you're glad about it. Till you settle. Till it becomes who you are and not what you do. And then all of a sudden start pulling out the one-third and say, okay, let's, let's do that. Because see, we're over-obligated here, over the obligation. And let me tell you, if you have some plan that's going to over-obligate you now, stop! And say, you know what, that's what we were going to do, we're not going to do. That's going to add another obligation to our already over-obligation. You already know it. God wouldn't be saying it if it's not so. Don't add, add to it. It can wait. It'll be there. I promise you. It'll be, actually, it'll be better. Something else will be better if you just stop now. Stop trying to impress people. Things and stuff don't mean your marriage is working. Stop that. Just stop now. God is trying to save you now. And say, nope, we're not doing any of that. Letter B, it will assure funds for kingdom distribution when we handle it properly. And the last one, it would allow funds to be left over for you to develop yourself educationally, financially, professionally, so that you might grow. God wants us to grow. God expects each believer to continue to grow as long as they are on the face of this earth. So next week, we're going to talk about the Add to Life. We're gonna say, how do I add to my life? Remember what we read. I'm like he said. First, seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things will be added to you. What is the add to life? Do you live it? Do start with the tithe. If you're out there and you're not a tither. And you are a believer. I'm telling you, you're gonna need it. You're gonna need it for much more. Because remember go back and read Malachi. It's more than money. He said, I will make sure none of your plans will be aborted. I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna rebuke the devour. Let me tell you some of you need to devour rebuked over your physical self, over your health. Oh, oh, it goes further than that. And let me tell you, when you don't have it there, Sometimes your life is even shortened. Because why? You don't have nothing to come and uphold you. Let me tell you, medical deal can only uphold you so far. You know, they just give things to just help you through. Treatments. But you need... I mean, Let me tell you. You want a miracle? Tithe. Tithe. See, you need to go look up the definition of a miracle. That's different from healing... You might need it. God wants you to have it. His way. God is on your side. The add to life coming your way. I want to live the add to life. When you have the add to life, that's going to change your life forever. Stand to your feet.